The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, May 29th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome Urban X Awards Hall of Fame recipient and multiple award-nominated adult industry veteran performer and director... Richard Mann. Welcome to the show, Richard. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Thank you for having me. It is fantastic to have you on. It is great to have you on. I am glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. Uh, It's crazy in my mind that it has been so long (laughs) since we've had a chat. I was just saying this to you pre-show, but I'm going to say it to you on the show. I had to do some research. So the very first interview that we did was on my original website, Poppy Chulo's blog. It was mm-hmm. in March of 2008. That's when we did our very first interview officially in a professional capacity. And then we did another one on a now defunct podcast that I used to do called The Poppy Chulo Show, where I used to have a co-host and this, that, or the other, and blah, blah, blah. That was way back in 2011. And wow. I am genuinely shocked because if like someone would have held a gun to my head and been like, have you had Richard Mann on your one-on-one show? Have you had Richard Mann on your one-on-one show? Think, think, think. I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, of course I've had Richard Mann on my one-on-one show. But I've never had you on my one-on-one show. So this is our very first interview here on wow. one-on-one with Papi Chulo. I find it wow. nuts that it's never happened before. But yeah, but your career is still on fire in the industry. So I'm so glad to have you on so that we can talk about everything. We can talk about everything. And it's a pleasure to be here. It really is. I mean, you're one of the first people that really, really just really support me in my career and, you know, all the things that I've, you know, set out to do and set out to achieve. You know, I mean, you, I mean you've always been there. Like, yeah, nigga, okay, you, you can do it. Just go ahead and do it. So, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're Thank welcome. You. I'm I'm so glad to have you on. This is going to be a fantastic interview. We're going to talk about everything, listeners. So everything and anything that you want to know about Richard Mann, you're going to get it here. Okay. So right here. let's dive in on this Memorial Day. Let's start off with some unique stats, as I do with these interviews. What's your height and weight? Well, I say I'm 5'11", 175 pounds. That's what I generally hover around. What's your ethnic yeah. background? Uh, black. I'm an American. What's your zodiac sign? I'm not sure. The fish. The fish. I'm the fish. Pisces. Pisces. And how old are you? I'm 57 years old. All right. Let's get to know a bit about the man behind the performer. The man behind the performer. <laughs> Where are you originally from? I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, born and raised. And what was life like growing up for Richard Mann? What was young Richard Mann like? Well, my life was my life was a charm. Um, 
raised by my grandparents. I my mother died when I was about three. Um, they had, oh my God, they had, uh, my grandmother, excuse me, my grandmother had two beauty shops. My grandfather was a military contractor. And we lived like real good, like I would say upper middle class, even though my parents, my grandparents, they were very uh, frugal, you know. So we lived a real middle class life, even though they had that that money to live, I guess, better if you want to call it that. But my childhood was great. We went on vacations every year for a month. Um, had everything I wanted. I mean, had great friends. I mean, it was just... A fairy tale, actually, to tell you the truth. It really was. It really was. My life was, has been great from the day I was born. What was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Well, when I got into the industry, I was coming off of a, off of a bad marriage and whatnot, and tech support is pretty much what I've done all my life, you know, dot-com work. Et cetera, et cetera, tier two tech support, knock work, stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty much has been my background up until up until porn. Anything tech, I was there to provide some type of service for it. That was me. Now, something that you were doing that was very much adjacent to the adult industry before you actually dove deep into porn was that you were active in the lifestyle. You were active in the swinging lifestyle. How long have you been active in that lifestyle? Oh, my God. I stopped being active. I stopped being active in the lifestyle when I when I started porn. But prior to that, I think I was active for about a good, a good five years. Back in that time, I mean, the whole swinging thing in the Bay Area was real active. It was real good. I mean, you could find swing parties pretty much everywhere. I ran with a guy, a group of guys that hosted swing parties and all throughout the Bay Area, all through Sacramento, uh, even some down in the Los Angeles area. I mean, I got really popular amongst swingers, not only in California, but all around America. So I used to fly just some of everywhere, Florida, uh, New York, L.A., Texas, well, one time up to uh, was it Oregon, Oregon, one time up to Oregon. So I did that for about a good five years, and that's, that's actually what led me to porn. Um, a chick, a chick that I had known at the time, after I got divorced, because I had started swinging when I was married, not with, not with my wife who I was married to, but secretly behind her back about the last three years of the marriage. And uh, a chick who, who I used to go to parties with said, I know someone who knows someone. Can I give me your pictures? Can I send them your stuff? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, mm, sure, go right ahead. And she did. And about maybe uh, two days later, I got an email. And that was the beginning of it all. I was really active. I mean, going to swing parties like maybe two two times a month, sometimes three times a month. And it's just be, oh my God, it was just sex everywhere. You'd go through the door, it'd be like just two room, two room suites and just be like, imagine like four or five couples and 
maybe 10 guys and it'd just be sex everywhere. Just fucking from here to there to there to here. And it'd just, it'd just be, yeah, it was beautiful. Now swinging in the Bay Area, I'm not really sure, but from what I'm hearing, it's it's really not, it's really kind of dead. But I don't know, I, w- I wouldn't know. I haven't been to any parties in a very long time, about a good 20 years. How exactly did you get into the lifestyle, if you don't mind me asking? I got into a lifestyle. I mean, I was in a real bad marriage, you know, and I kept thinking to myself, I mean, bad not only, not only horribly, but sexually as well. And I thought that if I could, you know, somehow take care of the sex part, and while I'm taking care of the sex part by going to swing parties and finding, you know, maybe a side chick or something like that, I could fix the marriage. And when the marriage got fixed, then the sex would get better and everything would be just fantastic. So I, you know, so I looked for something for about two years. I kept running into actual subscription porn sites and stuff like that. So after about two years, I found the site, uh, put an ad up, and a couple um, uh, replied to the ad. You know, you have a great ad, but you really need some pictures with it. I managed to get some pictures taken. Got some pictures taken, and um, a couple hit me up. Hey, we come to the Bay Area quite often, you know, to play with a group of guys there. You know, would you be interested? And I said, yeah. And that group of guys turned out to be the group of guys that I ended up running with for, like, the next five years. Called himself the crew. That was the name. So I ran it with them for like the next five years and they would just make parties, say not send me out the invitation, show up. And it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. They they just actually um I wouldn't say disbanded the group but stopped having parties about maybe a couple years ago. I used to get emails about, you know, I was still getting invites to the parties but I you know they had sent an email out saying something to that effect. I was like, oh, I guess the group is not going because I can imagine some of those guys were probably like maybe 70 now because they were they were always like a good 10, 15 years older than me. So I don't know. Let's go back in time. What was, I don't know if you can actually remember it, but what was your first swinging experience like? What was your first experience in the lifestyle like? Do you remember it? Oh, vividly. Oh, okay. Vividly. All right. Let's go into it. it. Yeah, it was the first. The first time. So I put put an ad up on that particular site. It was called Dark Cabin. I put an ad up, and I got an email saying, "Hey, your ad sounds nice, but you should put a picture up." I'm like, I don't know anybody that would, you know, take a picture of me. Or anything like that. I don't know how I was to really, really take a picture of myself. Just to say to the couple, hey, go down to I don't know if it was Best Buy or Circuit City or whatever the case, and get a camera. They have usually have a timer on it. You can set the timer, you can pose, take the picture, pick the picture up with your ad, and that's what I did. And um, I don't know if it was them or another couple, but a couple had dropped me a message and say, hey, we're in the Bay Area quite a bit. You know, can we hook up? Um, you know, we get with a group of guys down there. So I was like, yeah. He sent out the invitation. I showed up to the hotel. I showed up to the hotel. It was the crew, you know, the guys, the guys who I ended up running with. And and the couple was there. And all she did was just, do, was a blowback. 
Sometimes we came on a phase and smoked some more weed, sat down, smoked some more weed again and whatnot. And round two, round two went. And they gave me the invitation um, to the crew. Hey, why don't you, you know, you're a candidate for the crew. Why don't you come to some party that we have? And that was, that was the first time. And then the second time I went was, it was a video shoot with Susan Reno. So I get there and she was like, hey, you know, I don't, I guess the guys didn't tell you that, you know, I'm, you know, filming here for my website. And I was like, oh, and she's like, well, you don't have to be in it, you know, you could be to the side and I can make sure that you, you know, that you're fucking as well. Oh my gosh, I don't care. Just, let's do the video. And that's when, I, you know, the first inkling in my mind came that, hey, you know, maybe I can have one day have my own website and, and you know, and, and maybe that could be a possibility. Maybe I could have a gangbang website because I was, you know, starting to run with these guys, you know. So that was my, you know, me thinking, you know, forward about maybe, five, ten years, that, hey, maybe this is something that I can do. Maybe I can have a website. Hey, I got the guys right here. Maybe I can start a gangbang website. But the idea had, you know, went out of you know, the back of my head because here I am married and bad marriage, et cetera, et cetera. But in my mind, I was like, hey, I'm going to make the marriage better. After the marriage is better, then, you know, there will be no more of this. That will be that. But that had popped in my mind at the time. But, you know, I put it out of my mind because, hey, here I am, I'm married. So so that was maybe about five years until I got divorced. I was swinging for about a good, yeah. No, 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 actually about a good three years before I got divorced. And then I got divorced and then it was two more years and then got into porn. So, yeah, so that's, that's where the whole idea started and, was my first uh, two experiences in my lifestyle. That's what's up, man. Wow. What year was that when you dove into the lifestyle? Well, let me see. I've been doing, been doing porn for 20 years. Well, almost. Let me see. I started when I was 38. So maybe five years before that, I was, I was, I was 33. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Maybe about... Maybe the beginning of 2000. All right. It was just putting people in the right mindset when you were talking about, like, Best Buy or stuff like that. I was like, (laughs) let's get in the right mindset of what uh, era this was. All right. That's what's up. Can you, for the listeners, because I'm sure somebody's listening, and they're like, you know, I've heard the term swinger. I don't really know what it means, um, but I've heard it before. Or maybe there's somebody listening, and they might, you know, maybe there might be someone listening that has some preconceived notions or misconceptions about the meaning of the term. So could you explain or describe for me what a swinger is in your eyes, what someone in the lifestyle is? You know, basically, you know, swinger is just, I don't know, many people would term it different ways, but, you know, it's just going out and, I guess if one were to put in the 60s terms, free love. So everybody. You know, she show up to the party and you see someone you like and they see someone they like and go up and introduce yourself. Hey, how you doing? Would you like to play a little bit? And next thing you know, you're fucking. But, you know, people tend to think that if anybody can have sex with anybody, 
like if hey you if you're at the party it's all go like hey there's no there's no no but there is i mean there's it's not you just run up pull your dick out and then chicks drop to her knees and and just start sucking your dick it's it's none of that it's it's a hey would you like to play with me yes i'd like to play with you okay let's play it's not a uh and it's not a hey just stick your dick in and you know with with no regards to nothing i mean it's a very safe environment i mean people have condoms lube all that shit is it's always a no means no you know what i mean not a no means yes you know it's 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 fun. It, it's not a willy-nilly, you know, cesspool disease where it's like AIDS and syphilis and gonorrhea being spread around to everybody. It's it's not that. It's it's very safe. It's just like you would go out and have sex with anybody else. You get a condom. You put on your condom. You have some fun. See you later. See you next time. Go home. Bye. You know, usually, usually it's a lot of couples that swing. And, you know, the couples, uh, husband and wife, they go out and they go to a party and then they might play, play with another couple or they might play with another guy or they might play with another chick. Everybody's consensual. Everything is consensual. Everybody has fun. Everybody gets off. Everybody goes home to play another day. So it's not like some type of Hugh Hefner just, you know, or Playboy Mansion, you just laying around and everybody just jumping from person to person with you know, with no regard, with no, you know, with no precaution, with no concern about who is who. Everything is, everything is a consensual type atmosphere. It's, it's the best. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's the greatest thing in the world. And I would be still doing it now, but, you know, sometimes people think, you know, being that there's that misconception that people think it's, it's dirty, yada, yada, yada. It's kind of almost a little bit frowned upon in the adult industry for people that do, you know, swing. Because there is that concern. Because, you know, there's always um, there's always people in swing that might not have those particular type of uh, safety protocols in place. You know, maybe they want to, you know, maybe they want to, maybe they don't want to use a condom. You know, there's not, you know, everything is not 100% in any particular area in life. So, you know, there's knuckleheads, you know, swinging too. That might be saying, hey, you know what, I don't want to use a condom. Or just that or other. So there is that chance of that, you know, disease coming in, you know, into play. You know, so, you know, it's a valid concern of those, you know, who do porn. Hey, I mean, are you are you the type of person you're in the lifestyle? But you are okay. Well, uh, I don't know if I want to sell with you. So it is a real concern. So I don't swing. I don't swing at all. When you were deep into the lifestyle, how often did you participate in the lifestyle? How often would you go to basically lifestyle parties and that sort of thing? I would go to lifestyle parties too sometimes three times a month on the weekend, like a Saturday or Friday. I would go like all the time. If there was an invite to a party, I was going. And then after a while, first it was like, you know, maybe once every two months or every three months. And then it became 
you know, once every two months, and then it got more. And then next thing you know, you know, I'm getting invites from couples themselves. Hey, <laughs> such and such and such told us about you. We're way down in Florida. Can you come here and play with us? We have parties down here. Yeah, I'm going to Florida. So next thing I know, I'm going back and forth, back and forth. I'm going two, um, two, three weekends a month, like religiously. Just so it started off like maybe like you know, like I said, once every two or three months on a Friday, once every two months on a say a Friday, and then next thing you know, I'm taking the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, going way down to Florida. So it got to be you know a real thing for me. I was like going all around the country two, three times a month on the whole weekend. So yeah, I I got pretty deep into it. All right, let's shift away from the lifestyle and let's talk about how you got into the actual adult industry. As you mentioned, you know, basically it was like the second time that you experienced the lifestyle with a name that I have not heard about in a moment, Susan Reno, mm-hmm. where <laughs> you like got the idea, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could have my own. Maybe I could have my own site. Maybe this is out of the other. So how did you get into the business? Because clearly, you know, being a part of the lifestyle, being a swinger, I mean, it's one thing, but actually becoming a performer, a porn star is different. So talk to me about the transition. Yeah, when I was running with, what is her name? I think I think her name was Tina, as a matter of fact. I used to run with her after I, after I um, was divorced. I was running with this chick. We used to go to all types of swing parties and down to L.A., especially in L.A. and whatnot. And she was like, hey, I know someone who knows someone in the porn industry. I remember, yeah, you had kind of, said something to me in regards to it, yada, yada, that you would like to be one. You know, and I kind of, you know, I kind of mentioned it to her before. But, you know, still, I kind of put it to the back of my head. And she was like, well, I know someone who knows someone. And yada, yada, can I send me your pictures and boom, boom, boom. And I was like, yeah, sure. Come to find out that she was, she had just started fucking some dude who was in porn. I forget what his name was. So she had started fucking some dude in porn. So she had came to me and said, hey, I know someone who knows someone. I was like, sure. And that and that someone turned out to be um, Brandon Iron. Uh, he passed away um, a number of years ago. But around that same time, when she had uh, told me that, I had bumped into this site called um, Adult X Models. And I put like a profile of sorts on there. Um, I put the profile up maybe on a Friday, I think on a Friday. That Monday, I had an email in my inbox from West Coast Productions. And they were, hey, why don't you come down here and um, make a porn for us? So I went down to L.A. to film for Brandon Iron and West West Coast Productions on the same weekend. Flopped for Brandon Iron and did good for West Coast Productions. And that was the actual start right there. Got with West Coast Productions and did good for them. They sent me over to Prague with uh, T. Real, uh, Charlie Mack, and Dominico, and we went over to to Prague for about a week. Conditional shoes in Prague, and that was the start right there. Prior to that 
time that you were with Susan Reno, the second time that you were in the lifestyle, and the industry was basically right in your face because she was doing a shoot. Prior to that moment, had you ever thought about porn as an option? Had you ever thought about, you know what, this is something I might want to experience one day or I might want to try to get into? Well, well you know, every guy, you know, when he's a young man, looks at porn and dreams like, wow, you know, this guy is fucking this chick or that chick or these many chicks. Wow, it'd be great to do. But you really don't think that one day it would happen. So, yes, but then again, no. I mean, that's not something one strives to or like, hey, when I grow up, I'm going to be a porn star. And, I'm, a, you know, and they take the active measures to be a porn star. I mean, most people who, who are in porn pretty much just, well, well, at least when I started, pretty much just, fall into it, just stumble into it. It's like, oh, wow, here, here I am. So, no, I would say not really. I really didn't think about it. I mean, the whole big dick thing didn't really come into play for me until I started in the lifestyle. It was it was no, hey, you got a big dick, no, no wife, hey, you got a big dick, no side chick, hey, you got a big dick, or nothing. That didn't start until, until I got in the lifestyle. And then, you know, the second second um, lifestyle experience, that's when I, you know, seen Susan Reno and got the idea. But basically, no, not before that. You already gave this answer, but I want to ask it for the record. Mm-hmm. In okay. total, how long have you been in the adult industry as a performer? I've been in the industry in, for 19 years. I started when I was 38, um, 57 now, so yeah, 19 years. 20 and 20 in a little bit. Which, congratulations, man. I mean, the fact that you are almost at 20 years in the business and still working consistently and for some of the big companies as well, major props to you, man. Like, incredible props. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know some stuff. I can't say some stuff, but I know some stuff. So I am really excited for you, man. Like, congratulations, congratulations. Like, who would have thunk this dude that I started chatting with online that was like, I got these goals, ended up, you know, having these goals and, like, making these damn goals happen. Like, props to you. I told him, I I told everybody I was going to do it. I mean, when I was before I started, I was working at Comcast, Comcast, and I told them before, like, oh, they laughed at me, dude, you too old, man, you fucking almost 40, ah, and I was like, oh, whatever, dude, it, you know, the opportunity's been giving it to me, you know, they told me to come on down, because I had to wait, like, maybe, like, a week or so, so it was like, oh, I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to go down here and do porn, it's going to be great. They just, like, halfway made fun of me. I'll oh, do whatever. You ain't going to be no porn star. I'm like, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. And here I am, 20 years later. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Let, let's talk about your performer name. Where did the name Richard Mann come from? Well, actually, a camera guy and a casting chick at West Coast Productions came up with that name. I was going by a name, uh, Osiris, is what I was going by at first. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. For, I remember yeah, the story. Were, uh, 
Yeah, they were like, dude, come on, man. Like, uh, I was like, what, what? And they were like, your name. I'm like, that, that, that's a great name. Like, what are you talking about? They're like, it's not really a, a poor name. I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Like, just pick a name, and as long as you check cash, I'm, I'm good with it. And we were thinking about Richard Mann. I was like, you know what? Fucking perfect, perfect, because Richard is my real name, and Mann. You know, it has the two ends on it, and it's like the perfect porn name, man, and then with two ends. I'm like, that's fucking perfect, perfect. And then that's how it was been. Her name is Amber Peach. She turned into a, a performer uh, a few years after that. So Amber Peach, and I can't remember the cameraman's name, but he was a camera guy for West Coast Productions. So them two were the one who actually came up with the Richard Man name. I used to tell people that it was me who came up with the name, but it's really them. No, I love it. I love that you were bestowed with the name. That that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You were crowned Richard Man. Now let's that's go back right. in time once more. And I wanna get your take on your first experience. On set, and, and to be quite honest, in my opinion, you have two first experiences. You have that very first experience with Susan Reno, and then you have your first official set experience in a professional capacity on the mainstream side of the industry. So I kind of want to get sort of both takes. You know, it sounds like when you did that blow bang, you were pretty much like, fuck it, I don't care that the cameras are here, let's get into it, who cares? Um, I want to, I want to, you know, that's how I interpreted it. But um, I want to get your actual, in your own words, what that experience was like, and then I want to get your take on when you actually started working in a professional capacity, the very first time on set. Break that down for me. Those two first. Well, well, the first time with you know with Susan Reno really wasn't a, um, well, at least in my mind, I didn't look at it as like. A shoot, I looked at it more or less. This is some swing shit. And her husband's recording it. It's going to get used on this, that, that, that. Okay, that's fine. I really didn't. I really don't care. Hey, I'm here fucking. I don't care about none of that. It'd be kind of cool. So it was, you know, relaxed, as it were. You know, everybody there, we're having fun, this, that, the other. Ain't no one caring about, say, for example, if one's dick is staying hard or not or, or anything like that. We just here to fuck the slut. We want to fuck her because we. She wants to be fucked. She loves black dick. She loves this. She loves that. We gonna fuck her, and that's the only thing that is on one's mind. It's just that, you know, the husband's gonna get in where he fit in, so we ain't gotta worry about say opening up for the cameras so the camera can see the penetration or any of that. It's like, hey, you get in where you fit in. So basically, once the once the fucking start. One is not even thinking about the camera. One is not even seeing the camera there. It's like, oh, the camera's there? Oh. So one is not, say, playing to the camera or opening up so the camera can see or or anything like that. It's like, hey, we're fucking and you just filming. Now, when you're on set, you got to open up for the, you got to open up, you know, so the camera can see and you got to, you got to be mindful of where the camera is. You got to be mindful of where the other people, other people in the video are as well. You got to be mindful of everything, so you're not as relaxed as you are when you're in a, like a lifestyle type of thing, or how how a 
relaxed it was when I was filming with a Susan Reno, which was a really a lifestyle thing. So it's two different mindsets. It's, it's two different things. One is, hey, the pressure is on. You've got to perform. You've got to get in there and do your thing. You've got to be in there and get in there and be Superman. You've got to get in there and be Richard Mann. And then there's the, uh, hey, just get in here and get your fuck on, dude. I mean, she wants to suck your dick. And, you know, she wants to fuck and have a good time. And then, yeah, when you want to go home, you go home. Or when you can stay here and fuck her some more. It's just, it's two totally, two totally different things in that so much so that one, one could be fucking, say, a Susan, you know, doing a lifestyle type shoot or, or amateur shoot or whatever, and your dick be as hard as a rock. And then you get over to a video set where you got the cameras, you got the makeup people, you have the um, the productions, the production assistants, you got everything that goes along with doing a video shoot, and you're expected to perform. You're expected to be Johnny on the spot. Your dick better be hard, and it better be hard for the full amount of time, no matter how long it takes, or else it's not good. So, which basically means which basically means it's easier for your dick to to go soft on something like that because the pressure's on. And it's easier for your dick to stay hard on the Susan Reno type thing because the pressure is not on. So it's like two totally different universes. It's, yeah, it's like two totally different universes. It's the truth that it is what it is. You got to get used to it. It's not, it's like, oh. Well, let's talk about that universe. Your first time on sets, you know, I mean, you sort of went into the differences between that first shoot versus an actual shoot. But let's talk about the actual shoot, the very first time that you were filmed. You had been in the lifestyle okay. for a moment, so clearly you were comfortable, you know, having sex in front of people. You know, there's sort of like, um, for lack of a better word, there's a bit of an exhibitionism that's involved in the lifestyle because when you're, whether you're at a party or whether it's a much more private situation, there typically, or there could be, not always, but there, but there usually are, you know, a bunch of people around. Some people might be watching. So clearly you were comfortable being a performer per se, but it's very different you know, under those hot lights with an actual camera person there, maybe a director, maybe some other people around. So what was that experience like the very first time doing a professional shoot? It was, well, it should have been easy because there were, excuse me, there were no PAs around. There was no makeup chick. There was none of that. It was me, the chick, excuse me, I forget who she is, and Brandon Iron in a hotel room. It should have went real nice and smooth because there was none of that other stuff to make one feel the pressure or feel nervous or or anything like that. There was none of that. But it went horrible. It was a horrible shoot. But they did not get hard at all in any way, shape, or form. It was just all bad from the very beginning. Yep, that's just how it was. And I'm there like, oh, my God, like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? Like, why isn't my dick jumping up? Like, what's going on? It's the most, one of the most embarrassing feelings there is. It went horrible. You know? Thinking back on that day, what do you think it was? Was it nerves? I don't know. That's, that's, that's really how it is, period, with all performers. I mean, 
definitely might like that with all, but yeah, it's, it's and it's you know, and it's something that happens that you know one doesn't go on to the effect like in your head knowing, oh my God, it's going to be a difference. There's these cameras, there's these lights, there's this, that, or the other, yada 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 yada. It's it's going to be nerve wracking. It's going to be pressure. I mean. No, one doesn't go in, at least, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm going in thinking, hey, I'm going to get my fuck on, just like I do, you know, when I go to a swing party, or just like I do when I go to fuck a guy's wife. It's going to be just like that. But it wasn't. It was, like, totally the opposite. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, holy shit. But it, 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 I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And no other guy can tell you what it is but it's something about when that camera is there don't know what it is but you know what i mean it's just something we have to we have to fight through and you have to learn how to get get past it somehow or else you're not going to have any type of career in porn at all and it just takes a while to get past it and it's like it's like Okay, do I have the while to get past it? You know, or is my career going to be over before it even starts? You know what I mean? So if you don't get past it quick, your career will be over before it's even started because they're not going to keep shooting you if if it's not going right. So at Shackle West Coast Productions, and, you know, those shoots went good. But the first one after that, after Brandon and I, the shoots went good. It's so good that they sent me over to Europe, you know, to do some shoots. Did those shoots, come back to America. The three shoots I had after that, the next three shoots were all bad. All bad. And West Coast Productions let me out of my contract. I was in a contract with them. And they was like, yo, you, you can't do the job. We have to be up for this your contract. I'm like, fair enough. You can't do the job, you know. Can't have a contract. And that was that. I was like, oh my God, this my shit is over before it even starts. Like, what the hell is going on? And so I had to like really ask myself, like, damn, is this something that you really want to keep trying to do? I mean, can you I mean, like oh, wow, like, how are you gonna get past that? So but I did and then just kept on going. So basically after that, after West Coast Productions, I'm like, okay, I, I can't be out of this. This is this is something that I was meant to do. I'm not going to be not in this game. It's, it's impossible for me not to. So I like look for other avenues. And so I found um, Trashy Entertainment, which um, Raven Black and um, Damian King sent them an email. They said, hey, you know, hey, do you need any guys to shoot with your chicks that you have there? And they were like, yeah, we'll pay for you to come down here. I'm like, oh, okay, well, get the ticket. And they were like, oh, no, not so quick. you got to get your way down here, and we'll reimburse you for the airfare. So I was like, okay. Came for my ticket and went down there and had two shoots. And the first night that I went down there, both those shoots went great. And then after that, I was shooting with them for, I still work with her, um, Raven Black. I don't know where she is not now, but I still work with the husband, Damian King, to this very day. But, yeah, they kept me afloat. They had me start my website and everything. I got a website through them, and they kept me in the game. And then a little bit after that, they 
after that, I got a call from Shane Diesel to come down and do some shoots for uh, um, for Hush Hush Entertainment. And I was like worried about that too. Like, damn, is it gonna is it gonna be all good? Is it gonna be all bad? And it turned out to be all good. And they signed me to another contract and was with them for three and a half years. No bad shoots. All of them went good. And that's what got me solidified in the industry. But it's something that's a real, real thing, especially for guys starting off. Like, am I going to be able to master this? And, you know, and I'm sure a great number of guys do. But then more don't. And they don't have a career. And that's why it's a real limited number that's doing mainstream porn. You'll find that a lot of guys who maybe who may or may not have, I don't want to speak negatively about, say, amateur porn or, or even pro-am porn, but, you know, a lot of people will, because of the comfortability thing, hey, I'm around my, my people, I'm not, there's no gazillion other people here, so... You know, it's less pressure, so you'll find that that particular area of porn, the amateur, the pro-am, is more saturated than the mainstream. Because, you know, I'm quite sure in people's mind, perception, hey, it's less stressful. There's no stress. It's just me and this camera and, you know, the, the, the person who's holding it, who I know, and this chick who, you, who they may or may not know a little bit closer than a guy and the chicken on the mainstream side. So, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a comfortability thing. It's a mind state of mind. And, you know, everybody, you know, got to do what they got to do to get their start, to get, you know, past that, hey, being able to keep, get that wood and to keep that wood and just to make it happen. And sometimes it takes some of us longer than it takes others. I mean, it took a little bit longer than I would have wanted it to take, but I got around it, and here I am. I appreciate the honesty and the candor. I feel like a lot of people in general that are fans of the industry, you know, they don't necessarily hear stories like this. So I appreciate, you know, that you're so open and willing to talk about the struggles that you had in the beginning. One thing that I want to ask is like a follow-up. How long were you with West Coast Productions? Less than six months. Probably even less than less than that. When uh, West Coast and went over to Europe for about a week and a half, came back. I was with, I was with West Coast Productions less than three months, less than two months probably, because it was just three bad shoots in a row. Yeah. All right. And so, and with West Coast, you were an exclusive, but they let you go from the exclusivity. Yeah. Because I couldn't do the job. Right. And then eventually you found yourself at Hush Hush Entertainment. Were you an exclusive with Hush Hush? Yes, I was an exclusive with Hush Hush for about three years. Yeah, about about three years, close to three years. All right. Let's talk about, you kind of went into it a little bit. You Well, you, you briefly touched on it, so I want to get deeper into it. How exactly did you make your connection with Hush Hush Entertainment? Well, somebody who I used to go to the lifestyle parties, who I should bump into at the lifestyle parties, um, was saying that he knew Shane, and I can't even remember who he was to, for the life of me to, to this day. 
be like, yeah, I know Shane, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell him about you, this, that, the other. And I didn't start bumping into him at the swing parties until, like, towards the end. But he was like, yeah, I know Shane, Dizzo, and da-da-da-da, I can you know, give, him, give him your name, and this, that. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, dude. Can I give him your number? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, you can give him my number. It's all good. So I'm working at at my nine to five that I had just got, as a matter of fact. Hadn't even got my first paycheck from at all. Excuse me. Hadn't got my first paycheck at all. So I got the call from Shane. Hey, this is Shane. Damn, I'm trying to remember to do his name. Gave me your number. Said um, that you were, you know, that you had done some work and that you want to continue on doing some porn and, I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, okay, well, come on down. And, you know, if you do get, you know, the, the owner might want to give you a contract. You interested in being a contract guy? I'm like, yeah, sure. I would love to be a contract guy. And I was like, okay, well, I'll come down this weekend. <laughs> he said, no, they don't shoot on weekends. You have to come down during the weekday. I went, well, then, and I just, you know, got my job here. I just started here. He was like, well, they shoot on weekdays. They don't shoot on weekends. So, uh, so I quit the job and went down and rolled the dice. And mind you, I had no money in the bank, no nothing. I just didn't show up the next day at the, at the job or whatever day that was. I didn't show up and went down to L.A. and went down to L.A. and did the shoot, and it went fantastic. Did um, two more shoots. Those went fantastic. Offered me the contract, signed the contract, and then for the next three years, I didn't have not not one bad shoot. Every one of them went went great. And it was beautiful. So, and mind you, in my mind, the wood problem, you know, wasn't solved. So I was taking like a real big risk. I didn't have no money in the bank or anything like that. I don't know what I would have did if, if it wouldn't have worked out. I would have definitely been really fucked. Overall, just speaking sort of in generalities, what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? I get to fuck the chicks. <laughs> I love, I, I love fucking. I love it. Everything about it. It's great when you find a woman that loves it just as much. So my goal is always to make the woman get off. I'm like, I want her to have that experience, that pleasure, that type of pleasure that I'm having from fucking her. So when she comes, I'm like, that to me in my head is like, hey, you done done good. But I love it. And not only like the pleasure from, from fucking, but the freedom that I have. I, I make my own hours. I do what I want to do. Wake up when I want to wake up, go to sleep when I want to wake up, take vacation when I want to take it. I take a day off whenever I want to. I mean, I, I swipe my, I swipe the credit card whenever I want. It's, it's like, wow, the freedom. It's like I'm my own boss. I have my own company, payroll, I'm, got employees, et cetera, et cetera. The whole nine. It's just, it's just the ultimate lifestyle. I get the fame. But there's not too much fame where people are just harassing me on the street. And every now and then, somebody comes up to me, hey, you're Richard man, right? Yeah, sign an autograph, take a picture, and and keep it pushing. I don't I don't have to have the Brad Pitt fame or the 
Michael Jackson fame or Denzel Washington fame where people are running up on me all the time. Perfect. I don't have the money that they have, but I mean, soon I will, but uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's perfect. I mean, everybody wants to be in their lives. Well, most people want to be famous and this is just a right amount. Not too much, not too little. It's perfect. So, it's really all of that. I mean, if you took the sex away, I'd still do porn. I mean, I get to be out here talking with you and be out here for as long as I want. I don't have to worry about a nine to five. I don't have to worry about a boss screaming at me or working with people who I don't want to work with. So, I mean, it's a real blessing. I thank God every day for it. Damn, I get to do what what I love to do now. Like this is this is where I've always should have been before the age of thirty eight. I mean, this is what I do is natural. I mean, the business part of it is natural too. It's like it's perfect for me. Porn is perfect for me. Porn saved me in a lot of ways. So I owe a lot to porn. I'm always keep doing porn just because of that. Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on set. What turns you on the most and what turns you off the most when you're on set? Well, I mean, well, it's it's really hard to to have a to have a what what turns me off because I mean everything turns me on about being on set. The fact that I'm on set, I'm walking on set. It's me that there are everybody else is there for, you know, the cameras and the lights and the makeup and this, that, and the other. Like, my God, like, like they're here for me. They're here for the chicks. Like, everybody's here for everybody else. Um, the fact that I'm going to be in the camera, like, wow, they're like, like, they're looking at me like I'm an actual star. Like, wow, that's, that's like, wow to me. So, like, everything is, like, turning me on. Like, like the fact that, you know, everybody wants to work with me and all. All that, it's a whole turn on from the moment I step on set to the moment I leave set. If I were to say pick a turn off, it would probably be just like waiting till the action actually starts. And, and in a sense, that's almost like a turn on too. It's almost like a build up, like, yeah, ooh, uh, uh, let's go. So. I don't know. It'd be really kind of hard for me to find a turn off in regards to being on set. So I just love everything about being on set. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a turn off is the ending, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, yeah, it's always a turn off. I can't think of a turn off. Let's break a scene down. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Mm. Oh, God. It's kind of hard. It's like picking a, picking a which child is your favorite. You know what I mean? Um, God, you're killing me with this one. I mean, you could be greedy and say all. I, I mean, I... I, I, I that wasn't a choice, though. I mean, which one? I mean, I mean, I mean, I am a greedy motherfucker, so yeah, all. But I had to pick one. Oh God, you're killing me. I say badge. 
because in most cases, you can fuck it harder than you can fuck anal or mouth. In most cases, 80% of the cases. In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed? I like it, but it's more of a shock value for me. Shock value for the, you know, for the fans. And I'm just a nasty fucker. <laughs> but I like it. Yes, I, I definitely like it. You know, I definitely wouldn't be doing it. I like it, but when I do it, it is more for like, ah, look at me. You know, kind of like shock value. Fans love it. And, you know, they want to see the chick getting fucked and getting used. And that's what I'm there for. So it's just, that's, for me, that's really part of fucking the chick. So, yeah, I like it, but as much as I like it, I do do it as much for but a shock value of it because fans like it. So it's a 50-50 thing. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position and does it differ from your favorite position off camera? Hmm. I like them all. Um, I think missionary. Yeah, missionary is my favorite on and off camera. I like spreading the chick's legs way back, opening them up, looking into her eyes, having her, seeing her look at her getting fucked. Yeah. It'd be missionary. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the cum shot, the pop shot, the money shot. Mm -hmm. In a That's scene, right. where is your favorite place to shoot your load? On her face. Oh, she is streaming down her face, down her chin, in her mouth. Some. That's my favorite, by far. Yeah, I don't like shooting cum on the body. I don't know. I just feel that somehow a wasted shot that could have been on her face or in her mouth, maybe in her pussy or in her ass. The last place I like to shoot is on the body. I probably don't because uh, you want a spectacular ending. To me, that's always like a dead ending. Like Cam on her titties. Okay, it's kind of like a dead ending. You want the ending to be like, oh, fantastic. And the coming on the body, to me, is like a dead ending. How would you describe your fuck style? And I want to split this question into another one. So, how would you describe your fuck style in general? And over the time that you've been in the industry, has it evolved? Is the style of fucking that you're currently doing different than when you first started? style of fucking that I'm doing now is the same one that I've, you know, done when I've started in the game. Which is the same one that's, the same one that was when I was in a lifestyle. I mean, it's always been the same, which is, I guess, tend to be a little bit more rougher, a little bit more aggressive and whatnot, but that's what, that's what women want. They want you to fuck them. They really, they really don't really want you to make love to them. You know, they want some roses and all that other, you know, that other type of stuff, but they want that from someone else, from their husband, from their boyfriend. For me, they, they want to get fucked, and that's what I'm here to do. So I tend to be a little bit more rougher, a little bit more aggressive. You know, I mean, not to the point where I'm hurting a chick or, or anything like that, but, yeah, I tend, to, I tend to be a little bit more aggressive. And, and that's what people love, and that's what that's what actually got me my got me my name, the whole Richard Man name. They're like, oh my God, Richard, Richard Man, he's gonna kill her, he's gonna destroy her. But like, no, I'm not really there 
to destroy her, to kill her. I'm really there to make make her come, to, to make her get off. I'm there, I'm there to try to make her call me back a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth time. That's what I'm there to do. Just so happens that most chicks want you to fuck the shit out of them. But you just got to do it right. You can't just get in and just like, oh, like you're really trying to hurt her because you will really, you will really hurt her. You got to go in and do it just right. And then you can do all those things that one thinks about or sees when they're watching their favorite porn movie. But it's a process. But, yeah, my style is pretty, pretty aggressive. But they love it. You've been featured in a variety of scene types that range from one-on-ones to threesomes to group-style sex. Which do you enjoy starring in the most? I do doing one-on-ones the best because, I don't know, I, I just like to be a model model, me and her, me looking into her eyes, me pulling her from pillar to post, she being pulled from pillar to post, and we just going at it. I want to see her myself. Yeah. yeah, I like group scenes, but, you know, it really shows how nasty the chick is. I mean, see how far she can be pushed sexually, you know, double penetrations, TVs, DPs, and what ain't no stuff like that. But I do prefer a one-on-one because I can see really how much she can take because I'm going to try to give it to her the whole way through a one-on-one. Now it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters might be curious to know. Let's get to know how much the man is packing. How big is Richard Mann? Truthfully, I do not know. I've never measured myself. I usually say, I usually say 11, but I don't know. Sometimes she'll say, oh, he's 10, and the opera chick say, oh, my God, he's 14, which is definitely not true. I'm going say 12, but me, I usually say 11. Sometimes I say 10, but the truth is I've, I've never actually measured. Who knows? It might be mine or eight. I don't know, but I usually just say 11. And as you referenced, you never knew you were packing until the lifestyle. No, actually, I did not. I most certainly did not. I had a chick who once stopped fucking me, but... But I just threw that in the back of my head. I didn't really, I didn't really trip. Yeah, but at the time when it happened, I was about maybe eighteen or nineteen, somewhere around there, and was fucking in the middle of fucking shit. Like, oh, I can't tell you, it's just too much for me, too big. I was like, eh, okay, whatever, and just wiped it out of my head. I mean, it just didn't come back into the lifestyle. And I was like, really? I'm like, yeah, you huh? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and kept it pushing, you know, and that was. Yeah, so I never really knew anything about being hung or anything like that until lifestyle. We briefly talked about the cum shots a couple of questions ago, so now I want to get into it a little bit deeper. Do you do anything to prepare for the cum shot when you have a shoot coming up? Do you do anything to make sure that the pop shot, for lack of a better word, pops on camera? Yeah, it makes me sure I'm, I'm up on my, you know, my vitamin regimen, make sure to you know, drinking plenty of water, eating good, you know, the the more you do that, the bigger your pop shot is going to be. And not jacking off. 
I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it's safe to jack off like maybe a few days before, but like maybe the day before or even the day before that. No, eat the way you're supposed to be eating. Drink the amount of water that you're supposed to be drinking. Taking your vitamins, uh, and then and then we get to set and it comes time to pop, you'll be good. But if one doesn't, then it's like, ugh, we don't know who knows what's it, what it's gonna be. Yeah, but if you do that, like, you know, religiously, like when I go out, I'll go out on the road and I'll be going for like maybe four days. Something like that, as an example. Before I leave, I'll maybe like a day and a half, even two days before. I'm taking my vitamins, I'm drinking a ton of water, drinking a little Gatorade. I'm not even doing no fucking or nothing. Just doing all of that. I'm drinking, I'm still smoking and doing everything else, but I'm you know, but I'm drinking, I'm eating really good, and all of that stuff. I'm taking all the, you know, like, uh, usually I don't drink Gatorade, but I'll drink Gatorade, take, drinking muscle milk, things like that. And so when it comes time, the pop shot's going to be there. It's going to be what they want. Everybody be happy. The director's happy. The chick's happy. The company's happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. Throughout your career in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Who are some names that pop into your mind as like, wow, that was some good work? Amber Rain, Rebel Rider, Kitty Jaguar, uh, Lana Ano. She's amazing to work with. Oh, my God. Rebel, yeah, Rebel Rider. That's, that's my girl right there. <laughs> Abby Maley great performer. Skylar Madison is a great performer. There's been a lot of great performers that I've had. Francesca Leg. She's multiple fabulous. I've had more great performers than I've had not great performers. Yeah, but those are some of like the ones we just like just chemistry with. It's just like like with Rebel Rider. Rebel Rider has been in the industry for like a good two and a half years. Uh, she had started like right before I found her. Maybe, I don't know how many shoots she had did. She had did one, maybe even two shoots and whatnot, but ever since we've been fucking, it's like chemistry. She knows how to be used and I know how to use her. It's just like, it's amazing when you can just, like I can fuck her any way I want. And she's going to love it. She's going to appreciate it be thankful for it. And it's a beautiful thing. She's a true three-hole slut. You're hardcore. She's submissive. She knows her place. Everything. She's perfect. I'm not going to fucking her. Are there any performers that you have not worked with yet that you're looking forward to working with in the future? Are there any performers on your wish list? Richard Mann's wish list. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Anna Fox uh, is one of them. Eight, I, I'm going to butcher her name, and I'm sorry. Adriana Chicknick, I can't pronounce her name correctly. Um, Tori Black is one. Um, my God. There's a gazillion of them, but I but I just 
don't be remembering names, and it just really escaped my head right now. But those are the ones, you know, who are like really, really known, and that's probably the reason why I know their names. But they can fuck. Kelly Wells, I wish I could get Kelly Wells again. Kelly Wells was a dream come true. I miss Amber Rain. I miss her a lot. Rest in peace. <clears throat> Amber Rain. Amber Rain was one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met in my life. Just a kind, sweet soul, but she was a true fucking whore. And she was just, whenever I see her, she always made time for me. So I'm going to say hi and chop it up with me for a few moments and then going back to doing what she was doing. I miss Amber Rain. I miss Amber Rain a lot. But, yeah. yeah this, is a good, this is a good industry to me. Some, uh, some other people, they've had well, bad times, but I've had nothing but good times. Nothing but. This next question is an interesting one because you are a veteran in the game. But, I, but I'm curious if you still get inspired by others. Like, are there any individuals in the industry that you looked up to at the start of your career that you still look up to? Are there any individuals that inspire you in what you're trying to do in the business, whether it's people in front of the camera, fellow performers, or people BTS? Do you get inspiration by anybody in the industry? Well, I mean, when I came in, I got inspiration from Mr. Lexington Steele, you know, because he was, you know, he was the guy. He, did, he was doing it, you know, really, really doing it. Uh, man of the year a few times in a row. Uh, director at Evil Angel, you know, running his own company, doing his own business. He was, like, larger than life. And then here he is, like, six, what, two, six, three, something like that, at the very least. He was, like, larger than life. You know, so I was like, damn, I'm, that's going to be me. Like, wow, look at that. Like, he's really fucking doing it. And then, you know, there was a company level, too, like West Coast Productions. James Alexander runs West Coast Productions. I'm like, that's what I want to be, too. A brother doing his own thing, having his own company, <clears throat> being the boss, sit behind the, you know, sit behind the desk, running everything, you know, calling the shot, et cetera, et cetera. That's me. I was like, that's that's what I want to be. I'm going to be that big black-owned company, black-owned mainstream company that's out there just killing you, you know. And those were just the, the, the real inspirations. And it's like, it's funny that you ask that because it's like, I'm I'm there now. It's like, the guy who I like looked up to being, I've gotten to, you know, those particular, those same type of, you know, lofty lofty heights that he's at now. Like, I'm right there with him. Like, hey, brother, what's going on? And company-wise, I'm right where West Coast Productions is as well, too. So it's like I've achieved those things that I've set out to achieve. I've, I've emulated and become those, you know, people that I've wanted to emulate and become. So, yeah, it's those yeah, but people like that. And people of the mountain like that, but people like who I run with now. I run with uh, Team VP. And I met them uh, maybe eight years ago. Um, Mr. Nuts, Jonathan Jordan, Mr. Mysterious, G. We've been running together for like 
seven, eight years now, running around doing content events and content parties and whatnot, and shooting and shooting, you know, holding camera for each other, doing PA for each other, and just making sure that we all have the necessary content that we need for for the platforms that we have. So we hold parties and we invite seven, eight, nine chicks, seven, eight, nine guys for a weekend, and we just shoot as much as we can. Yeah, everybody goes home with a nice amount of content. So, you know, it's guys like that that I've that I've always, that I've always wanted to be like, and I'm and I'm like them now. And it's like, my God, not only do I look up to them now, they're my peers, and I'm you know they're my mentors, and I'm their peers, and it's like wow to me. It's like you're the. It's like becoming Superman. It's like why wow, you look up at the Superman as a little kid, and the next thing you know, you're him. It's like. It's a dream come true. Yeah. I made it. Like, wow. You made it, man. 100%. I made it. Yes. I love that. It's going to get big, even bigger now. They're going to see in the next year. It's going to be like phenomenal. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm trying to make it for sure. Now, what I want to do is I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry. And to start off, this set of questions is, uh, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn stars that you would like to dispel? Yeah. People think, one, you know, I don't know why, but people people in general, that things, People are thinking, you know, I got a whole harem full of chicks laying around and that there's like coke parties every weekend. You know, like you know, like if some Hugh Hefner Playboy mansion chicks everywhere and all that type of stuff and it's and they think that we're rich. Those two things. Those two things. They think that we're rich. They think it's just sex twenty four hours a day. And oh, and they think that there's a lot of disease. And neither neither of those are the case. Talent, for the most part, is um, talent for the most part is is very poor. It's a hand to mouth type job because there's no royalties in porn. There's nothing like that. You get paid um, your rate for the shoot that you do, and it's so long. See you later. There's no royalties. There's no residuals. There's no you getting more money later. There's none of that. That said, um, one is one isn't shooting every day, so one isn't getting. Hey, every day you got X amount of dollars coming in. It's really a hey. You never know how many, unless you're a contract person, you don't know how many shoots you're going to get in in that month. And it's not going to be ten, fifteen, twenty shoots in the month again. Um, it, maybe you get like seven or eight. Maybe you're making. 800 bucks a pop. Okay, pretty good. A little bit more than the average size of nine to fiber. But still, it gets ate up quick. You're living in L.A., you're living in the Valley, it gets ate up. you got to pay rent, mortgage, or whatever. Uh, car note, whatever. Yeah, okay. You want to look good. Clothes. Um, utilities that go along with that. Food that goes along with that. All insurance for your health if, you, if you're going to get it. So next thing you know, all that's eating up. So there's really no, like, like every other American, one doesn't really have a lot of money to save. Especially if you're in the mindset of, 
average person where, hey, I'm a star now. I'm in front of the porn camera. I'm going to look good. So I got to have this kind of clothes. I got to have that. I got to drink big. I got to party big. That money's gone. So most of them live, you know, hand to mouth. You know, most of us, I should say, live, you know, hand to mouth. Um, there's no chick that be hanging around us because, you know, we want pussy cars. You got to pay chicks rate when they're filming with you. And they're not having film. They're not having a um, big uh, fuck fest off camera. It's just, there's no big Hugh Hefner sex party where people are fucking to like four in the morning and shit like that. You know, so, you know, those are you know, some of the type of myths that people think. People think, I got a million dollars. Like, no, I don't. Not quite, but, <laughs> I mean, and, I mean, assets maybe, but not no liquid type of money where I could just be throwing around and just flashing cash and diamonds on my wrist and driving a Bentley and all that type of shit. Definitely not. Yeah. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? I don't enjoy it until it does not get royalties or residuals like other performers do in, say, the music business or the motion picture, motion picture business. That, that, that's really the only thing for me. That's really the only thing. And I don't disagree I mean, but- with you on that. Yeah, for the yeah. longest that I've been interviewing performers, which is 15 years or so, uh, from the original blog to the podcasting, uh, something mm-hmm. that I have discussed casually with performers is residuals and the fact that, you know, you get paid for the scene, um, but especially in, like, the height of DVDs, you know, when, you know, the DVDs were selling, you know, immense amounts of quantities. Yeah. Like, there was no residuals you know like all of these performers and these big budget uh you know scripted features type of films which if they would have been doing soft core stuff they would have gotten residuals like it's it's crazy to think that you know you can do something and the company still keeps off profiting off of your image but yet you're not making any money you only got that basic fee for that, you know, day of shooting, but you don't get any more. Yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's the game, and that's, that's how the game goes, and one has to play the game, how the game is played, or or not play the game. True. It's just incredibly unfortunate. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It really is. But, I mean, one can complain about it, this, that, or the other, but it's like, hey, if you're going to complain about it, maybe you want to find another game. Because it is, I mean, it is what it is. And one has to resolve, um, resolve themselves to that fact that, hey, this is the rules of the game, mm-hmm. unfortunately. You know, you know, like they say, um, odds are in favor of the house. And it's just how it is. So you got to do what you got to do. And it's the reason why I do the thing that I do in regards to you know, having my own business. I'm a production company like the mainstream production companies are. Uh, I go out and I pay chicks rates. I pay guys rates. I pay cameramen, makeup people, um, location fees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, to, you know, it's the cost of doing business. And, and just like, you know, just like them, when I pay 
when I pay talent, they don't, I don't have, there's no royalties for them either. But it's the reason why I do it because there's no royalties. Because I'm like, hey, if I want to have the money that I, you know, want to have, the money like those big companies have, I need to play that particular game. Because I am in this, not for the pussy. I am in this for the money. I mean, it's a fucking, it's the greatest job ever. It's the greatest job in the world. But I am here, first and foremost, for the money. So I'm like, okay, if this is a job or this is the type of business that talent, you know, they're the poor ones in the game. They have to eat from hand to mouth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How, how am I going to make really good money? Like, say, uh, a motion picture artist would make. Okay, how do I do that? I would have to be a company, too. How does a company make money? They have to have a lot of content. They have to have a lot of videos that they can put out there and they can sell that makes them bring in that particular type of cash that they want. And so that's what I've done. I went out there and gathered content a million different ways. Content parties, me being in front of the camera, me being in back of the camera, and just making it snowball into what it is today, Richard Man Productions. So... So one, in order to really do successful in this business, you have to be both. You have to be talent or you and or the company. You have to be. If you're just going to be talent and just in front of the camera and you have no aspirations of being the company or this, that, or the other, you're going to waste 10, 15, hell, 20 years in this game and then you end up with nothing, unless you then somehow, you know, you know, save the money that you did make as talent, you know what I mean? Maybe you were smart and know how to save money and know how to be frugal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah, in those cases, yeah, tons of people do nine to five to save their money and, and end up doing this, that, other, but so that, that's how one has to do or else you're pretty much going to be poor at the end of the time that you haven't born. You'd be like, damn, man, it's not like this is something that you could put on a resume. So you got 10, 5, 10 years of, what, no employment? They don't, they don't want to see that you're a porn star on your resume. So unless one is smart, you can end up being a slave in this game. But if you're smart, you can, you know, you can have your own business, this, that, or other, and work with other people that are in the business at that particular level and be, and be fortunate, which is, you know, what I'm doing now. Now, a lot of the mainstream companies are starting to really mess with me now, not just in front of the camera, me, me being in front of the camera, but me being in back of the camera as well and doing business with me on the company level. So it gets better and better every year. So I've got a lot of great things happening next, the end of this year and, and next year as well. So we just keep getting bigger and better and then, I'll be able to employ more people and introduce more people into the game and get them going and show them how they can come in and, and do this thing too. Let's talk about competition in the industry. You are an industry veteran. So I'm wondering if over the time that you've been in the industry or hell, maybe even currently, you know, as a veteran, do you feel like there's any competition in the industry? Um, do you feel like you're competing with other performers? Do you feel like maybe you're not competing, but other performers are competing with you? What's your take on competition in the business? 
I don't mean myself. I mean, one could call me arrogant or whatever. I, I just believe, always felt that there is no competition for richer men. I mean, that might be, be arrogant or this, that, or the other. I always feel that there is no competition. That said, I don't, I don't look at anything as a competition. You know, so it's like I'm always willing to give someone information or, hey, hey, this person is shooting, why don't you go hit them up because they might shoot, you know, they might shoot you too or this, that, that, that. So I never, I never felt there you know, any problem with competition. Now, other people have, hey, I'm competing with Richard Man or competing with someone else. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but I just never felt there was no competition for me, so there was no need to, to say try try to 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 try to compete, if that makes sense. So I don't, I actually don't feel that there should be any competition between between any performers. There's enough money in this game. I mean, there's enough shoots. There's enough money. Everybody can get in and get in and eat and have fun and 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 do their thing. I mean because. I don't care what anybody else do as far as filming. I'm I'm gonna get mine. I'm gonna be getting in the film and I'm gonna be getting those sales and everything too. So that's just you know me just knowing where I rank as a performer to know that hey, I ain't worried about no one else. I'm gonna get mine and mine gonna be better than everyone else. You know at least that's in my mind. You know what I mean? Now whether it actually is or is not, that's something else. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, hey, ain't nobody touching me. I'm I'm Richard fucking man. Da, 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 my shit going to be great. And that's the attitude that everybody should have. Really, everybody should be thinking, hey, ain't nobody fucking with me. I'm saying, I'm getting here and get it. I'm going to show these motherfuckers why I'm the best, why there ain't no competition, you know, next to me. That's what everybody should have. Everybody should have that particular type of attitude. Because if you do, you'll get to the places that, you know, you know, that you strive to. If not, you'll never get there. In no profession, no matter what one is doing, if you don't think that you're the best and that you're the shit, <clears throat> you're just not going to get there. Now, you do have to be the best and you do have to be the shit. You, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you don't get to those particular lofty heights without thinking that way. As a black man in the adult industry... Have you ever experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? Yes and no. I think I've never felt anything like that from any of the any of the companies that I've shot for. Anything like that. Um, not from any of the performers, so no. Now maybe some others have. But me, myself, I've, I've never experienced anything like that. I've never experienced any sexism, ageism, colorism, nothing. Now, granted, granted porn does, especially interracial porn, does play on a whole lot of racial stereotypes instead of other, and we do, and we have been known to do them, you know, in film because, I mean, interracial porn is exceptionally popular black guy, white chick. So I mean, we do play on those, but there is no, I've, I've never experienced any actual racism, colorism, sexism, et cetera, et cetera. No. 
I've always gotten respect wherever I went. No problems. Now, I've heard stories of, you know, and not only that, so I've heard stories of, too, and then I've heard stories of where those stories were, were turned out to be bullshit. That it was just somebody who was just crying wolf, and it was really nothing, nothing like that involved. But is there? I'm quite sure there is. And I mean, in, in every aspect of life, there's there's racism, sexism, colorism, ageism, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm quite sure there is. I'm quite sure that some of those stories that one does here, and some of them are true, but me myself, no. Let's talk about interracial porn in the industry because you brought something up that I that I did want to ask you about. When you started in the game, you know, especially in like the early 2000s when interracial really became a formidable genre in the industry. I mean, I think it might still be the number one genre in the industry. But as it was coming up and as, you know, uh, all of these websites started doing interracial, you know, like when you started with West Coast and then Hush Hush, et cetera, et cetera, in the early 2000s, early 2010s, you know, a lot of those productions, the way that they were named, the scenarios that were involved, uh, the usage of incredibly racially charged uh, dialogue as well as race play, you know, is heavily involved, not, I don't want to say in every single production of interracial, it could, because it wasn't every single one, but there were certain companies that used tropes and stereotypes a lot, and you did work for a couple of them. Yeah, so, for, for Hush Hush Entertainment. Yes, Hush Hush Entertainment, exactly, that's who I'm talking did. about. Mm-hmm. So, and I came in on that, on pardon? that premise. I came in on that racial premise, in that Shane, when Shane Diesel called me and, you know, asked me to come come down and I guess try out whatnot, he asked me, you know, a lot of the stuff that they do has the N-word, where they say nigger dick and this, that, 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 blah, 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 you going to have a problem with that? I'm like, no, I ain't have a problem with it at all. And so it was, that was in a lot of productions that Hush Hush Entertainment did that I was in. That the women say, oh, give me the nigger dick, the, 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 nigger dick, the black dick, the big nigger dick, da, 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 da. and and that was that was the thing for a while. They it was the thing it. for a while. Looking at yeah. it from the year twenty twenty three, I mean, it's incredibly crazy that that existed. Um, it's also incredibly unfortunate I mean, because a lot of legendary performers, you know, came through Hush Hush and, you know, maybe not necessarily got their start with Hush Hush, but certainly, I mean, they did a lot of work for Hush Hush. I mean, there was you, there was, as you mentioned, Shane Diesel, Bose, Sledgehammer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We were there. We were their main guys over there. Exactly. And you guys had to, as black men had to be involved in scenes that, you know, from the outside looking in, looked incredibly uncomfortable to do, period, based off of just the type of terminology that was used. So I just want to get your take on somebody, you know, that starred in those type of scenes, that has seen the industry um, evolve a bit in how interracial is shot 
and what types of uh, verbiage and that sort of thing is appropriate in interracial scenes. I just want to get your take on, in general on how interracial was when you started versus how it is now. Well, I mean, when I started, I came in, you know, like I said, in regards to on the whole, you know, Shane asked me, hey, they do a lot of whole racial, you know, type of stuff. Are you okay with, you know, nigger dig being used and this, that, or the other, and everything? I'm like, oh, I have no problem at all. I hear the word freaking every day. I have no problem with it. And, you know, I did, but then I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm looking at a check. I'm looking at, hey, this is, this is, this is going to be a good check for me. I'm not thinking anything in regards to, you know, whether it's socially correct or not socially correct. I wouldn't think about anything like that. I'm thinking about the check that's that's involved. Now, a lot of people was like, okay, this shouldn't have been said. It's racial, this, that, the other. And, you know, yeah, that that's fine and dandy, but it's not something that I really thought about like that. But it started off like, you know, there was a whole lot of that and, and everything. Now, I don't know, as far as whether interracial actually did start off with that, I don't think so. But... And I don't know where it came in or where it came out. I think actually, I think it it might have started with with Shane Diesel and with Hush Hush. It might have. I'm it not might sure. have because I'm trying to think back. Uh, West Coast Productions. I don't listen. Don't quote me because it's been a long time since I've seen a West Coast production situation. But I don't feel like, you know, the kings of West Coast Productions, like Jack Napier, Mandingo, Lexington Steel, I don't feel like any of their productions used mm-hmm. or included no. any of that type of stuff. No, I think that started off with Hush Hush. I think so with, as well. Day. You know, in, in a race, I'm quite sure. In a race was kind of you know, big. I mean, not as big as it was when it started, you know, then, but before then, you know. You know, interracial was, you know, still popular, just that or the other, you know, and, but it was no whole nigger dick thing. It was, you know, like, ooh, I get white pussy, or she takes the black dick. But that was it, just like, you know, could have been, you know, any other race. You, you could have been, hey, I'm a white guy, and I'm getting black pussy. But, but it was no racial thing like that to the whole nigger dick thing that came along. And then, not only that, too, it was always just a whole shock value thing. You know what I mean? Just like the whole rimming thing is. It's a whole shock value thing. Ooh, it's taboo. Ooh, she said the, she said the N-word. She's not supposed to say that. Just like she's not supposed to be rimming or she's not supposed to be swapping cum or, you know, it's just another one of those shock value things. That, you know, they just added, added into porn. You know, everything is supposed to be... Uh, it's supposed to be a shock value in porn. You know, porn itself is supposed to be shocking. So it was just another shock value thing that people inserted in there this, that, or that, as opposed to, hey, the chick really wants to call you a nigger or, or, or the owner of the company really pays black people, so he wants her to call them niggers, you know? So we talked about the past. What do you think about the present, though? Do you feel like interracial has evolved a bit for the better? 
I think I think it's still the same. They just they just the N word, the whole nigga, they thing is just really frowned upon now. Fools will say it, but then again, they won't say it. Like some of the uh, some of the more mainstream companies, they frown upon it now because it's a whole. Oh my God, we don't want to do it because of what people say. You know, the whole social uh, social thing has gotten to them. They wonder about what people say, just like any other, you know, mainstream company selling any other product. Oh, what are people going to say about that? Oh, people don't like that. Oh, let's not let's stop doing that. And then so they take it out. But people, if you ask me, people, I don't think the people really had a problem with it. I don't think there was a big outcrying of people saying, hey, don't say that. You can't say the N-word. I think that came from within the industry themselves. Say, hey, don't do it no more. For whatever reasons. But, yeah. But it wasn't from fans saying, hey, we don't like it. We think it's great. I'm quite sure, you know, there are some who definitely said that. But on the whole, I really don't think it was. That's interesting. You don't think it was also the performers not wanting to hear it? I feel like the mentality of younger performers maybe is a little bit different than the older performers because I, I feel like nowadays some performers would be like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think some performers would be like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a... Hmm. I'm trying to think. It's... Younger performers now, they, they, they look at it as, as something that's corny, that's not necessary, which it is. It's, it's, it's totally corny, it's totally not necessary. It's like, eh, why would you want to say something like that? What did that got to do with, with me fucking the white chick? How is that beneficial to the point itself by saying nigger? So it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, they they would, but me myself, I just never thought anything about it. I just always thought it was just a shock value thing, and boom, yeah, I'm, I'm like, hey, okay, take the nigger dick then. But I get it, I really do, I get it, and if I had a choice of whether it said or not, I definitely would say not. Because it plays into just to the whole racial stereotype, almost like, not almost like, but the whole slave thing and everything plays into all of that. So I definitely get why, hey, don't do it. Or or why why would why one would not want to. So I get it. Something that the industry has been doing within the past, oh gosh, how long has it been? Maybe five to seven years-ish, is the whole stepfather, stepmother, stepbrother, step-uncle, step-cousin genre. Personally, yeah. I like to call them incest light, because that's basically yeah. what's trying to be conveyed. And whenever right. I've asked this of performers, I mean, I sort of link this genre to the MILF genre, if I'm being fully honest. Like, at first it was yeah. the MILF, you know, the mother that I like to fuck, you know, the my friend's mom and that sort of thing, or even the DILF, you know, the, the dad, 
you know, you'd like to fuck where it's, you know, it's the friends, father, and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden that evolved and then it turned into a step parent and then from the step parent, it went to the step brother, to the step cousins, to the step uncle and auntie and all that kind of stuff. And it's really now evolved into a powerhouse genre niche in the industry. I mean, so much so that the major studios are shooting them and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it is a big genre that people seem to really enjoy watching. My whole question for you, and well, I should say this. I mean, it's incest light. It's incest adjacent. I mean, clearly nobody's related and that sort of thing. And everybody's got to say step and all that kind of stuff in the scenes and that sort of stuff. But as a performer... As a performer that's doing these scenes, that has been in some of these productions, I just want to get your take on, what's your take on this genre? When you first did a scene, was it kind of ridiculous to have to do all this? What do you think of these scenarios that you're having to do because they're incredibly popular with the consumer? I I, I pretty much, I pretty much almost like pretty but put it in the same category as a whole nigger dick thing. It's a whole shock value thing. It's a whole taboo thing. It's a whole, hey, this thing's supposed to be done, said, or viewed, you know, type thing. It's, it's, really, it's really all for shock value. It's really all for the consumer, how they're going to view it and how it's going to stick. So most tend not really... Like look at it that way. We can like, okay, hey, it's just okay, this is a scenario, this is you know, just like an actor doing an actual role of a movie, that's that's how that's how we look at it. It's like this is just a role where we play the part, okay, do we have a script? Oh yeah, oh ad lib? Okay, that's fine. Let's do it this way, let's do it that way. And it's just really but I mean, it just really goes the whole taboo. That's what it really is getting at. It's to say and do things that that are not normally done in society, in in the bedroom, or I should say, there's some stuff that's not supposed to be done in society or the bedroom. Hence, you know, the nigger dig, the stepmother, the step, the stepfather, or whatever the case may be, because it's all for shock value. It's all like, oh my God, that 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 can't be happening. That's her sister. But what's crazy to me though is the fact that they that they make us say step. I mean, we have to say step. We can't say just plain old. A chick can't say uh, 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 she's fucking her daddy anymore. She has to make it, she has to convey that this is a step, step daddy or, you know, or some guy having a stepmother or whatever the case may be, that has to be conveyed. So it's like, hey, either you don't say daddy at all or you say it in some type of way that is conveyed that it's a step. So even though, which is stupid to me, I'm like, okay, you're playing with this, that, 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 that. Like, why can't one not? But hey, it's how to go. And that's what it is. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just like, why would that be appealing to someone have sex with your brother, your sister, or, or your aunt, or, or anything, or even somebody that's even your, even your stepmother or your stepfather, that one would still be wanting to. But 
That's how it is. It's all taboo. And taboo is what sells. Shock is what sells. You know, even in today's, especially in today's society, that's that's what sells. Shock value. You know, all our attention um, is is limited to 15 seconds. Anything after 15 seconds, and we get bored of. So most trailers and whatnot and, and porn is maybe 30 seconds. Because in 15 seconds, all you have is really 15 seconds to really capture the mind, to capture the attention of, of someone. After that, you know, the attention might go somewhere else. So you got you really got to sell them within that 15 seconds. But whatever. That's how it is. Let's talk about romance in the industry. Let's talk about having a romantic life, a relationship outside of the industry. As someone who's been in the game for 20 years, how difficult is it, the juggling act? You know, being a porn performer, being Richard Mann, but then also being Richard the Man at home. For me, it's very easy. I've been, I've been, married, I've been married for 13 years now for... You know, for a good while, and and it's been you know fucking great. Most people, they have a problem, you know, with their relationships. But I find that tends to be more with younger people, and I tend to, and then I attribute that to just the normal relationship problems that young people tend to go through, <laughs> jealousies and all. Not that older people don't have those same problems, but it's it's much less. So, you know, I mean, I don't have those particular type of problems. I mean, you know, a lot of people go through jealousy issues, this, that, or the other, and, you know, and all that particular type of stuff. Me, it's, it, here at my house, is viewed as, hey, this is a job. You're going out, you're doing your thing. You don't have any emotional uh, attachment to these uh, to these chicks other than, you know, they're coworkers of yours. You know, you, you might work with them a few, a few, um, a few times during the year maybe a dozen times during your whole career. But, hey, this is a job. And that's and that's how it is here. If I, for example, go out to a shoot and I don't get a selfie with the chick who, um, who I'm shooting with, my wife is like, uh, what the fuck? I mean, how are you going to advertise you even more? How are you going to advertise the chick? You're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be doing that. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're not getting selfies. You're not getting this. And why isn't the... Why isn't the trailer watermarked? Why doesn't you have a logo on your trailer or on your picture? Is this, that, or the other? So, you know, there's there's no me having an emotional attachment to someone else on a, you know, a lover standpoint. So there's no room for jealousy here at all. Like, none. Now, other people, they have those particular types of problems. Hey, you, you fucked her. You fucked him better than you did me. Like, oh, what the hell? Or you said you wasn't gonna do that in a in a scene. You said you was only gonna do that with me at home and yada 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 yada. So there's always some particular type of problem. And then there's you know, like I said, there's the problem of youth. You know, and everybody's running around party and you know, they're getting their emotions and their feelings involved, you know, over this, you know, sex that's going on on screen when they really shouldn't. Like, damn, they just shooting now if the person is trying to go home with that person and you're trying to you know do something more than just the job at hand then yeah there's, there's a problem but see me I'm, I'm not in those particular type of circles so I don't go out 
partying with people or or this that that. And my my main thing is I I got to get home to edit footage. I got to get home to spend time with my wife, and I do have a mother that stays with me now and whatnot. So I, I got to have time for all of that. So there's no room for all the other types of back and forth that you know other people have in their relationships. But yeah, I mean, for people in this game, it's it's, it's hard for them to keep relationships. I mean, relationships happen and and they come and go. You know, I mean, it's quite it's quite common for us to hear about. Uh, hey, such and such, she's she's really not uh, doing any uh, more uh, boy girl shoots now. And we already know automatically. Oh, she got a boyfriend. And okay, it was just a matter of time. Uh, maybe maybe the boyfriend go out of style, and who knows, six months down the line, she's back to shooting boy girl. So we always tend to know, okay, and then we gauge that person. Okay, that person is he was he or she was with this person five months ago, and that didn't that failed, and then before that it was this person. So it was just a matter of time. Well, we get to six months. And that's generally generally how we know when a person's in a relationship. Sometimes it'll be just like that. Now you know there are couples who've been in this you know been in this business and they got successful relationships. Been married twenty twenty five years, you know, enjoying the whole uh, industry together. Me, and my wife, my wife is not in the industry in, in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's, it's just me up in front, but you know, she plays a supporting role and she does what she do. But there are many other couples that are just, you know, out there full full on having par- having fun, partying, and this, that, that, other, and and they're great together. And then there's some that's just not great together which is the majority. Let's shift away from the serious questions, and let's talk about your productions. Let's talk about Richard Mann Productions. Let's talk about richardmansworld.com. Tell our listeners a bit about your original productions. What type of content can the listeners expect to see from your original productions? Well, you know, when I first started up, of course, you know, doing, doing kind of, actually the reason why I started doing going to begin with was because I wanted to get my face out there so people can see me to come to my website. You know, I got that idea from you know from Susan Reno. Hey, I, I was gonna, you know, make good on it. So when I when, when, excuse me, so when she said, Hey, I know someone who knows someone, um, it popped in my mind, yeah, okay, I can do the website, this, that, or other. Well, yeah, go ahead and tell them that because I can, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, because I'm, I'm going to do a website, this, that, or the other, and that'll be a great way to, to be seen, and then people can know where to come, and you know, they'll know my face, and they'll be like, ooh, that, 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 let's go search it out, let's go to his website. So so when I started in the game, I was doing I was doing content shoots and everything, and you know, just holding on to them, and really kind of doing something with it, but not really, you know, and 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 post them, and I knew the the, the key to the game was going to be gathering up content and getting content because there was no residuals, so one could see that right when you know we started the game. I'm like, in order for me to get some real money out of this shit, I'm gonna need stuff that I own or have the rights to own and can sell and make money off of. So I started doing content night, doing that stuff right away. The only reason I um started doing porn was to get my face. But then they offered that contract to me, especially when Hush Hush came around. 
off of that contract to me. And I'm like, oh, well, this is like almost like free money. And this is the money that I could, I could be using to finance what I'm getting ready to do. So I was like, hey, this is a no-brainer to take the contract because they can finance. At the very least, they can find one that's going to finance, you know, food, clothing, and shelter. And then, two, it's going to finance, you know, what you want to do. So that's pretty much how, you know, that started. You know, I was like, well, might as well just do the whole company thing with it. You know, get the tax deductions that go along with the end of business and, and everything like that. So that's how it started. And then now it's just pretty much, you know, pretty much how any company starts. It, they start gathering content, start gathering footage, filming things up, and putting it together, uh, editing it, uploading it to the various platforms, market it, and hope people to, hope people, hope people will come and buy. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. And to, like now, and each year just keep getting better, better, better chicks to film with, more talented, more hotter, yada, yada, yada. Each year goes on, it gets bigger and better, and more places to sell my um, uh, content at, more and more connections with people that can get me to the places that I want to go to. So now that's fully coming to fruition where I'm going to be a director for one of those mainstream companies and just maybe about like a month when they are, that's when they announce it and everything. So, you know, finally after 17, 18 years, finally getting to the spot that's to where I originally envisioned, I originally imagined when I, you know, when I first, actually when I was signing the first contract that they let me out of with West Coast Productions, I went in and talked with uh, James Alexander, who owned the company. So before I even went to Europe, shit, it might have even been before my first shoot. It might have back, actually I had to probably be before, after my first couple of shoots with him before I went to Europe. I went in there and asked him, hey, you know, I got some great ideas. I can be a director. I got great cameramen, da-da-da-da, who can come in and, you know, shit, you know film you know, film me up right, film some of your other guys up right, yada, yada. He looked at me like, dude, are you serious? You haven't even really done anything. Yeah, like, usually that's what happens after you've been in the industry for a while and you've made a name for yourself and da, da, da. That usually happens then. I'm like, uh, okay, but I can do it now. Because before, you know, I already had a cameraman. You know, I already had a little cameraman. And whatnot. So I was, you know, I was going to do my own. You know, I wasn't thinking really about pro porn until you know the chick came along with the offer. And like, hey, hey, I know somebody who knows somebody. But up until then, I was going to do my own thing, my own, my own little website and whatnot. I wasn't thinking about because I was going to film uh, swinger chicks, lifestyle people. That's where my talent was going to come from. So I was like, hey, you know, I can get out here and get my face seen. And then they'll, they'll be like, hey, who's that guy? And they'll Google me and they'll come to my website where they'll see real sex, real swinging stuff. That's why I came up with Swinger Chronicles from. You've seen real stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I started off really just because I wanted to get my face seen. But, yeah, it's a great business thing. How often do you release new content? I try to release new content once a week, but it's getting to where they are maybe twice a month. But I got so much content under that I haven't released so much content of stuff 
old stuff that has not been released. It's just sitting there. Like, for example, I, I looked on my heart, I, I got 53 gangbangs. Like, wow, 53? Most of them, some of them, I should say, has not been used. Like, maybe 40% probably have not been used. For one reason or other, maybe because I, I thought the quality was not too good, or maybe because maybe because uh, the scene just was not a great scene. Maybe because my dick was just hard or, or, or excuse me, soft all the way through me, and it was just a bad scene on my part. I'm, like, I'm not gonna put that out. Maybe it was a GB, and then I was in it, and it just didn't look good at all. Period, all the way around. Maybe it was just me and that's it wasn't good, or maybe the rest of the guys, or whatever, for some reason. Or maybe I just didn't get to it. But I got quite a, quite a lot of stuff left that I haven't put out. But it's all going to ramp up even more in the next six months, where it's going to be like probably posting probably back to them once once a week. So not only am I going to ramp up the me, me shooting in front of the camera, but me and back of the camera too. You know, I got a whole new platform to satisfy a whole new mainstream company now. And it's having me on director, so it requires a lot of a lot of work to get something like that up and going. I got to get ahead of the curve as far as video footage that that I have in the can. So they want they want uh, they want two a month. So basically, what that means to me. After film for a month, you know, to get ahead of the curve for at least the first six months, and get it ahead of the curve, so I can just, you know, have something you know, in reserve and whatnot as a, a cushion, so to speak. So, and that's just of me. So then, after that, after after I put me out there, then I start bringing other guys, other. Um, to be in front of the camera besides just me. Starting more, I mean, more the director, more producer, but until that time comes, I gotta build my name up first, you know, with it to make, you know, make my presence there known as a talent and then make my presence known as a director slash producer. So it's gonna be some good coming days, some real good coming days. So now with the with the deal that I've that I've made, I'll be shoulder to shoulder with uh with all the other mainstream directors, mainstream companies, and whatnot. So my reach will be just as much as their theirs are, and so I'll be able to reap the benefits from all of that, which is which is what I've been working towards for the last twenty years now. Finally, it's like finally, you know, for me it's like finally I've gotten to that point. Where one of my mentors, where one of my you know, idols, you say Lexington Steel, for example, is that he was director, producer, talent, everything. So I'm like, wow, I mean, like, here I am, right along, you know, right alongside him, which is to me, it's just like, finally, I've reached to where I've always, always wanted to be, and that's gonna become true, like, within the next month, in about a month. Like finally, when they made that announcement, I felt like I've accomplished something, man. Up until now, it's just I've, to me, I've been a great performer. You've been in there to sell his content and been able to get it. Like now, I'd be like, okay, I'm officially 
one of them, so to speak. Not that that mattered or didn't matter, but it's just you know, how it is in my mind. One of the goals that I've had to finally, you know, finally come true. I'm very happy these days. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Richard Mann. I'm probably probably one of the nicest guys to ever want to meet. I'm a nerd, too. A lot of people think I'm, for some reason, they think I'm unapproachable. They think I'm kind of mean or whatever not because, what I necessarily mean, but just kind of more serious than I am. You know, I'm a serious type guy, but I'm more laid back than, than what they would think. Now, I, I did a um, help my my boy hook you a BBW event. The chick was like, "This thing, you nothing like I thought you were gonna be." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." I was like, "You thought I was gonna be like arrogant, kind of like maybe a narcissistic." He was like, "That's just exactly what I thought you was gonna be. I thought you were gonna be like, oh, I'm Richard Man." And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh. she's like, "You're just one of the sweetest person I've ever met in my life." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, okay. And I think a lot of people think that. For some reason, they just think maybe I'm halfway unapproachable, maybe I'm too serious, or too this, that, that. And, and, okay, but, but I guess in a, in a lot of respects, that, that kind of can be good because people know not to not to bullshit me, not to play games around me, which is, which is what they should do because I'm not that type of person. One way to get on my bad side is to really just set me off is play games with me so yeah but no I'm I'm really easy to get along with really approachable et cetera, et cetera. so they they tend to think that I'm not for some reason but I am but yeah I'm I'm a real big nerd I'm I'm like an ex-hacker so to speak I, mean, I, I come from a dot-com background I've been in the computer since high school which was 1982 since back then I worked for all all the dot coms that you can think of I mean I, I can hack your computer <laughs> I really can you know that's yeah that's what a lot of people don't know those things and that I'm married faithfully which people find funny too like how, how do you come up faithful when you do porn well, because, you know, offset there, there's no swing parties. There's no friends with benefits. There's no chicks on the side. There's no talking dirty after dark type thing. It's none of that. It's just, this is job, this is work. You come home and you, you do what you have to do, when, you know, for that work, meaning editing and uploading and writing the script and, you know, making the site, website and work and all the platform work and do all that. Other than that, that's that's really all it is because it's work and that's work. Describe yeah. yourself in ten words or less. Ten words or less. Um, smart, introvert, stoic, hardworking, lazy, um, grateful, asshole, father. Husband, provider. Yeah, that'd probably be it. 
As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in the set <laughs> is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Five of my most favorite television shows. The Cosby's, Star Trek, um, oh God. There's so many 80 shows, just 70 sitcoms to begin with. There's, there's a gazillion of them. Oh, my God, Starsky and Hutch, Barney Miller, I mean, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, All in the Family, oh my God, Hollywood Squares, <laughs> Family Feud, anything, anything 70s and 80s would be would be it. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Prince, Michael Jackson, oh, freaking many, Quincy Jones, Herbie Hancock. What are three of your most favorite films? Uh, the Matrix, Wall Street 1, Wall Street 2, What are what are two foods you can't live without? Steak and chicken. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Marijuana. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything on streaming service no. or something? No, I don't binge-watch anything. And the only thing I will binge-watch is when like a Star Wars um, type thing come out. Obi-Wan Kenobi... The Mandalorian, stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan. Anything that's coming out Star Wars, I'm watching. What's next for Richard Mann? What's coming up for Richard Mann in the near future? What can the listeners expect from you? Well, I just got a distribution deal with a mainstream mainstream company, so which means I'm a director you know, for them now. So that's, that's like the next big thing. So basically it's just taking me from one one level of mainstream to the more bigger level of mainstream, which means there's going to be a whole new shitload of videos coming down the pipe uh, with all the new mainstream chicks that everyone likes and, and everything. It's just it, it's a whole new day and age. This is the Richard Man Productions and Richard Man's world is like, right there mainstream with every and every any and everybody else. So that's what I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be the difference between night and day over here, Richard Man's world. All the chicks, all the guys that everybody wants to see, all the chicks that everybody wants to see and all the scenarios that everyone wants to see them in. We're gonna be taking trips to you know, taking talent to different places with trips and everything. It's just it, it it's gonna be a whole new world. I got some new financing going on. I got some investors now. So it's going to be some big productions going on. I got cameramen everywhere and talent everywhere. So coming 2024, it's going to be a lot of filming and just a lot of things coming from Richard Man's world. It's, it's, it's time. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as uh, can you hook them up with the direct links on where they can find your original content? Well, I'm in a lot of places. Wherever there's Point that you're gonna you're gonna find me. So you can go to you can go to any of your 
Pornhub, your X videos, your X hamsters, et cetera, et cetera. And you can just type my name in and I'll come up. But my actual site is richardmansworld.com, swingerchronicles.com. Uh, I have a new site coming up soon, uh, Richard Man Events. That's coming up soon. My mini vids page is richardmanxxx.miniviz.com. And then I'm also on I Want Clips, AP Clips, uh, Swinger Chronicles, which is com, which is my Chris for Self site. I'm pretty much everywhere. So wherever, wherever there's, wherever there's porn, you'll find me there. And your Twitter? Oh, my Twitter is World of Man, World of M A N N. Perfect. The place, perfect place that they will always catch me at. Uh, I'm always on Twitter. Drop me a tweet, and you will get a response back. I do respond. I'm very easy uh, to get in contact. We're very, uh, very reachable. My email is richmanproductions at gmail dot com. So I'm just a, I'm just a keyboard away. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you'd like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Yes, I would like to say thank you very much for all the support that you've given me through all the years. I mean, because if it wasn't for if it wasn't for you guys, if it wasn't for the fans, I'm I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to. Enjoy the life that I do. I mean, to live the life that I live, I wouldn't be able to put food, clothing, and shelter for my family. So, I mean, I'm very thankful for all the support that the fans have given me. I really am. And it's just, it's it's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. That's why I always say reach out to me. Drop me a line and whatnot. I mean, I do respond to all emails and whatnot directly. There's no staff here that's just taking and writing it. From me, it's all me. Just make sure that you reach out and you know hit the writing because there are a lot of imposters, a lot of on the Instagram accounts. My, um, my Instagram is real underscore Richard Man. So there's a lot of faith, but I do you know respond directly. And like I said, I thank you very much for your support and everything that you've given me throughout the years. It's just really appreciated more and more than y'all will ever know. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, Poppy Chulo, too, because you always been there too for me, bro. From you know, from the gate, and I mean, I really appreciate you always taking me seriously. You always taking me as a porn star before I was a porn star, and I, I appreciate that, sir. I really do. You're welcome. I appreciate your support as well. You know, you have been incredibly supportive throughout the years too so uh, i thank you for that support and, and certainly i have to thank you so much for the interview richard i can't believe it's been a long time since we've done an interview period and i can't believe that you had never done a one-on-one interview with me here on this particular podcast so i'm glad we were able to rectify that we were able to fix it and and uh, now you've made your debut here and certainly the door is open for more whenever you want to come back and update the listeners on what you've been up to what you're getting into, what you've done recently, and that sort of thing. Uh, you're more than welcome to come back. You've got an open invite. Well, well thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, bro, be it, be it in a setting like this or just, you know, off camera or whatever, off mic. It's, it's always a pleasure. Likewise. A pleasure. But, oh, but they can look forward to the Hotter uh, July event coming up this July. And being big is a big content event, so we have some great content coming off of that, and you'll see that on uh, richardmanevents.com. So it's, it's, it's going to be a hot, hot, hot summer. I want y'all to stay with us. Fantastic. I love the sound of that. 
And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer, and with that... Richard Mann and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.